0: Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to Naples United Church of Christ on my favorite Sunday of the year. It's Super Bowl Sunday and it's annual meeting day. There's just so much to celebrate and it's raining, but it's good to have you with us. My name is Dawson Taylor. I have the great privilege of serving as senior minister
1: and I'm Rev. Angela Wells-Bean, and it's my privilege to serve as your newly installed Minister for Congregational I know. Care. Last
0: week was such a great yeah. week. Such I a finally, day, but I a really got great I finally got to week.
1: start working. It's I been know, a good it's week. It's about time.
0: Yeah, no, it's really, it was really great. It was such a wonderful week, and um, I know we have so much to celebrate. Um, I hope you'll take a moment and register your attendance for those who are worshiping here in the sanctuary and for those who are worshiping virtually, we want to give you a a special word of greeting, and we hope that you'll use the comments section and let us know where you're worshiping from so that we can know how best to be in ministry uh, together.
1: Yes, and as Dawson said, today is our annual meeting Sunday, so a few logistical pieces regarding voting that we want to remind you of. If you are here with us in person in the sanctuary right now, but you will not be here at 12.15 for the annual meeting. We need you to fill out a proxy card. They look like this and they are in your pew backs and they are also in the narthex. And so please, if you haven't done so before you leave today, fill it out um, and seal it and return it to an usher and we'll make sure your vote is included. Again, that's if you're in person. If you are joining us remotely and you're not able to attend in person and you need to vote online, Please be mindful of the fact that voting online closes at noon. There will be no voting online during the live meeting itself. And if you haven't voted, you received a reminder email last night from SurveyMonkey asking you to vote. Um, and so if you're with us in person and you're able to get home by noon and vote online, you can do that as well. But just be mindful of the fact that the only voting that will take place during the meeting is here in person. And I, ho- I tried to be as clear <laughs> as I could be. Um, so I hope that was clear.
0: Yeah, if you have any questions, you can uh, stop one of us in the receiving line afterward. We'll uh, do our best to help clarify anything. You know, um, the annual meeting is a a business meeting. It's uh, part of our great tradition. But really what it does, it's a a moment to celebrate the great ministry uh, that's taking place. And none of that would be possible without uh, the wonderful uh, laity of the church and our uh, lay leaders. And I believe that most of them will be uh, at the 11 o'clock uh, service as they prepare for the annual meeting. I know a few of them are here right now doing some work to get ready. But a few of our leaders are preparing, uh, because they are term limited, uh, to uh, step out of their roles. And I just want to publicly take a moment to say thank you to our moderator, Steve Reinsmith, our clerk, Barbara Converse, Dave Heineman who is chair of board of mission and outreach. Dave and Lee normally come to nine, but I'm guessing they're coming to eleven today. I don't see them. Okay, um, Dane Tubrigan, who is chair of Christian education, Jen Rainey, who is chair of the nominating committee, and Kitty Keene, who is a member of our executive committee. Uh, I just want to say uh, words of deep gratitude you can't believe the number of hours, the number of meetings that they sit through to make sure that we are the uh, vital and growing congregation that we are. And so I just wanna say words of gratitude before the annual meeting to them as they eagerly anticipate the uh, new slate of officers getting into place so that they don't have to be those officers any longer. And so uh, I just wanna say words of gratitude to them.
1: Yes, and I echo that having worked with them as well, the time and dedication they put in. Now in as an intergenerational growing let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. From the comfort of our homes and prosperous lives, we come hungry for a better world for all. In our society divided by power struggles and prejudice, we affirm the power of healing love. With the honesty of our doubts and insecurities, We rejoice in God's love for each one of us, seeking that same blessing to make us whole. In that same love, let us rise in body and spirit to sing our processional hymn.
0: You may be seated. And as you are, I would invite you to join with me in our invocation prayer. Let us pray together. Gracious and loving God, you call to us across deep waters and dark places. Yours is the light which guides us and the voice which we follow. We pray that you would reveal yourself to us as we gather for worship. May those without hope be encouraged, those who are sad cheered, those who are seeking find you in the name of your beloved child we pray amen will you continue in a spirit of prayer by joining your hearts with mine in our pastoral prayer followed by the lord's prayer let us pray god of grace who has gifted us with love. We come to you this day, humbled by the abundance that surrounds us, yet mindful of those who are without and mindful of our call to share so that all may have enough. And God, we confess that we often think of abundance in terms of money, but as we prepare to celebrate love, may we also be mindful of those who feel a scarcity of love. Whether that be through relationships that are not life-giving, self-loathing, Abuse or mistrust of ourselves or others. Let love be in abundance in this place and in our world. As we gather as a global community in Beijing, may we celebrate the experience of athletes who train not only their bodies, but their spirits and their minds for competition. We acknowledge heartache for some and victory for others. But may we all heed lessons of global cooperation. And yet our hearts are heavy as saber-rattling and rumors of war once again threaten our world. May your strength and peace be with the people of Ukraine and all those attempting to protect the innocent and avoid war. And God, we ask for your wisdom to fall upon our leaders. Be with President Biden, Vice President Harris, Speaker Pelosi, leaders McCarthy and McConnell, Governor DeSantis and Mayor Heitman, that they may lead in just ways, so that all people are served, so that the rights of those at the margins are protected, and that all have access to bounty and equality. Be with our church, O God, as we gather today for our 49th annual meeting. May we always be mindful that the work of our church is worshipful work, meant to glorify you and help bring your realm to this earth. May your peace that passes all understanding guide and guard us as we enter a season of transition. Remind us, O God, that you will lead us in the future just as you have led us in the past. Be with those who are sick and infirmed, lonely and afraid. Empower us to be your hands, feet, and very presence in this community and beyond. We ask all of this in the powerful name of the one whom you sent to show us ways of justice and peace love and reconciliation power and presence jesus the christ who taught us to pray by saying together our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts would invite you to hear our scripture for this morning, which comes from the sixth chapter according to the Gospel of Luke. Hear now what God would say to you. Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of the disciples and a great multitude of people from all of Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear Jesus and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch Jesus, for power came out from him and were heal- and healed all of them. Then Jesus looked up at the disciples and said, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the realm of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the child of God. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven." May God bless to us the hearing of these ancient words. Amen. Will you join your hearts with me once again in prayer? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we continue to give you thanks for the gift of this day. And we ask, O oh God, that in this time of worship, that you would speak either through me or in spite of me, but that above all else we would hear with clarity what it is that you say to us this day. All of this we trust and we ask in your many names. Amen. The in- Entire spectrum of biblical scholars from conservative to liberal agree that the words of the Beatitudes, the scripture reading for this morning, are from the very core of Jesus's ministry. Yes, these no-nonsense words give us The central wisdom of Jesus, his focused vision, and his principal mandates. Both the gospel according to Luke and the gospel according to Matthew record the words of the Beatitudes. But there are significant differences in the two presentations. Matthew has Jesus leaving the crowd and going up a mountain away from the hubbub to share these words with just a few chosen disciples. Luke, our reading, on the other hand, has Jesus coming down the mountain onto the plain where the crowd surge around him trying to touch him. Matthew has nine blessings, Luke has four. Matthew spiritualizes the Beatitudes, blessed are the poor in spirit. Luke, however, is much more blunt, blessed are the poor, period. Matthew puts it all in the third person, blessed are those. Luke brings the words home, blessed are you right here in the present. And finally, Matthew keeps things on a positive note, focusing only on blessings. Luke matches the blessings with an equal number of curses. Yes, the writer of Luke reminds us that the opposite of blessing is woe, and for God, both and is not either or, and that's the way things are. Psychiatrist Robert Coles tells a story about a poor woman in New Orleans who sells her body almost every night to wealthy men in order to take care of her five children. And each night, this woman takes half of what she earns as a prostitute and gives it to the nuns who run a local soup kitchen. Coles goes on to ask the question, is this woman blessed or is she cursed? From her perspective, I'm sure the answer is both, but from the perspective of today's gospel reading, She is much more blessed than she is cursed. In his straightforward way, Jesus tells us that those who are blessed, those who are happy, according to another translation, are the poor, the hungry, the ones who are weeping. Blessed are those who are hated and excluded, And then to make matters worse, Jesus says, Woe to you who are rich. Woe to you who are full. Woe to you who are laughing. Cursed are you who enjoy the admiration of others. My friends, no matter how you slice it, you and I are in the cursed group and not the blessed group at least most of the time or as scholar and pastor eugene peterson suggests in his interpretation of scripture entitled the message some of you are rich too bad for you you have had all you will get what is going on here There's a true story about a Quaker who put a sign up on a vacant piece of land next to his house that read, This land will be given to anyone who is truly satisfied. A wealthy farmer was riding by and stopped to read the sign and said to himself, Since I am a wealthy person, I certainly qualify. I might as well claim the land. He approached the Quaker to seal the deal and was asked, And art thou truly satisfied? I am indeed. I have all that I need, responded the wealthy farmer. Friend, said the Quaker, If thou art satisfied, What dost thou want land for? My friends, I believe Jesus is saying two things to us on this February day in 2022. And the first is this. Jesus is saying that when we live out of vulnerability and need, Out of our emptiness and not out of our fullness is when we best connect with God. Jesus, I don't believe, is saying that it is bad to be rich or full, to be healthy, strong, or lighthearted. Rather, Jesus is suggesting that fullness and satisfaction lead to self-sufficiency and self-absorption, a state of independence that often distances us from God and can easily lead us to glorify ourselves instead of the one who has given us life. We had an interesting conversation this past week in one of our staff team meetings. We talked about a comment that people make, but it feels like they've been making it increasingly around here, that they haven't been to church because they don't want to become too emotional. They don't want to cry. I have said it to me numerous times by a recent widow or widower that they simply don't want to be back here in the sanctuary after the death of their spouse because they fear that they will cry or that a particular hymn or the beauty of our music ministry will cause them to become emotional. As a staff team, we shared about moments that we cry during worship and our own vulnerabilities. We talked about the death of parents and the birth of grandchildren. We talked about burying beloved church members and moving services of installation like last week with my beloved colleague, Reverend Angela Wells-Bean. And I talked about my sincere answer to people when I respond, if you cannot cry at church, where can you? The staff team literally brainstormed solutions such as placing tissue boxes in the pews to send a visible message that not only is crying okay, but it's welcomed at church. Because you see we believe that crying is a spiritual gift. Our tears soften the suffering of human condition. Tears connect us in a unique way with the mysteries of life and death. And I believe what Jesus offers us today, what Jesus invites us to experience today is the rich honesty of vulnerability And our human need. Our scripture goes on to give us a second, even stronger message. Not only are we called to recognize our own need and our own dependence on God, but we are called to recognize the need and the vulnerability of others. And then to offer one another through our lives the richness of compassion and justice. We are called to be in solidarity with the poor, the hungry, and yes, those who are weeping. In short, we are called to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Biblical scholars often point out that the Beatitudes are what are often referred to as a performative word. These predictions about blessedness are not going to happen, they are already happening. This is not about what might be, this is about what is. This is God's agenda, this is God's vision, this will be God's realm. The reality described by the Beatitudes will happen, is happening, whether we choose to be a part of it or not. Our scripture reading this morning reminds us that human happiness and holy happiness are often two different kinds of reality. Jesus is suggesting that blessing is more than simply enjoying ourselves. The goal of life is more than simply self-fulfillment, and prosperity is more than getting what we want. Happiness is being open and vulnerable to God and to one another. Blessedness is to be fully alive and in harmony with God's ways, both in the good times and in the challenging times. And so it is my prayer that it will be that way for you and for me. And that will not only begin, but continue this day and in this holy place. My friends, receive these words of blessing. Let us go forth into the world surrounded by God's love. And let us go forth from this place to find a self you can live with. A cause you can live for and a redeemer whose love you can live into. And let us go in peace. Amen.